0: Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our fluffy-haired, mustachioed co-host, Kyle. Now, Kyle looks a bit like Wario right now, or uh, Waluigi, excuse me, a bit like Waluigi. He's even wearing the green. He also looks like a couple other famous mustachioed villains uh, who are kind of escaping me right now. I'll tell you what, he looks great, especially because he's let a little scruff grow in on the face, aside from the mustache, which I think is an underrated element to having a good mustache, is having a little bit of scruff so it doesn't look so jarring. Now, all those notes aside, Kyle and I are going to be discussing a topic this week. I happen to know what this topic is. You know what this topic is, listeners. Now, we none of us, except for Kyle, knows exactly how we're going to access that topic, but once we have accessed it we are going to have a top 10 list of that thing created via vigorous debate and re-ranking and then by the end of this episode we will have a definitive top 10 of that thing so kyle let's cue him in what are we talking about
1: michael thank you for that fantastic introduction my only correction is that as i'm wearing green i think you were looking for luigi not waluigi waluigi typically wears purple oh you're right
0: you yeah. are right i picture him wearing green i don't know it's stupid no i know exactly why it's because of luigi i just I, I just got that wrong i guess in my head
1: no it's all right it's wario all- wears yellow right or orange yeah. he wears like bright yellow and and like yeah pink overalls mm. it's a lot that is a lot it's a little loud it's a lot <laughs> so so we all know why we're here we're talking about yes. we're talking about hancock the, uh, yep. the 2008 Will Smith vehicle. And so I watched this on, it was Friday night. We're recording on a Tuesday. I watched this on Friday with Allegis. It was a nice break from our Marvel movie marathon <laughs> in some ways. Uh, I assume you have rewatched the movie as well in preparation.
0: Yeah, so so I watched this movie at my friend's house Probably a year after it came out was my initial viewing. And you know, Dylan actually texted the the, the official account the other day asking how the we possibly convinced me to watch it. <laughs> it's pretty well known among people who know me that Hancock is historically so we'll talk about this going forward but has historically been my answer to the what is your least favorite movie of all time question <laughs> so I, I hated hancock historically i just re-watched hancock actually last night i watched it alone it was a wonderfully brisk hour and a half so it fit right in on a night when caroline had some some photography to
1: do i yeah hopefully um hopefully everyone has seen the Instagram posts and they have yeah. recently watched Hancock or if in absence of that have seen Hancock at some point. Yeah. But we have watched it recently. So it's fresh. And so I watched it Friday. It wasn't until yesterday that I figured out how I wanted to, to discuss it. Cause Allegis and I were saying like, how do we, how do we talk about this in a top 10 format? Is it, yeah. Is it the top 10 <laughs> like awful things that hancock does in the first six minutes of the movie like no because that's <laughs> it's a little too on that's the nose ri- yeah
0: you only would have had to watch the first six minutes of the movie in that right
1: case. so that's so good um is it top 10 like dangling plots or like t- like could have been could have been we decided no um <laughs> top 10 sequels they
0: kind of set up but then uh, which never happened
1: yeah top 10 top 10 like later superhero movies that drew from this that's only one movie it's pretty much just deadpool (laughs) so what i what what i ended up doing to put kind of a positive spin on this we're gonna do the top 10 times that hancock was in spitting distance of being good like okay this is perfect because i was thinking when i was thinking about the top 10 the top 10 list i
0: was gonna do if i were the creator would have been the top 10 like ways i would have fix the movie or like yeah so so the same kind of idea like can i ask you a question is is it okay for us to share our overall take on the movie now
1: yeah absolutely
0: okay so here's my overall take i was writing as i was going and i won't i I won't step on things that we might kind of get into but the cast is incredible yes (laughs) the premise is incredible yes the look of the movie is really distinctive and cool. Like, I really like Will Smith's look throughout the movie. Will Smith is excellent in this movie. Like, legitimately excellent in this movie. So there's some stuff that's really going for it. Also, inexplicably written... Not written by... I did some research, which I'm sure you did, too. Fixed... Uh, Drafted one of the drafts was done by Vince Gilligan,
1: which I'm sure that came as much of a surprise to you as it did to me. So Mike, number 10 is Vince Gilligan. <laughs> it's okay. A, it's a perfect segue. <laughs> All right. um I, I uh I did some some research into it after I saw it initially, and it makes a little bit more sense, but my shock at seeing his name up there was I was like, what the fuck? So for those of you who are not where Vince Gilligan is credited with the vast majority of the writing credits on Breaking Bad and a lot of Better Call Saul. So yeah. the man's a genius. like, <laughs> Legitimately a genius. like, He's an actual bona fide genius. Unquestionably. And so to have his name attached to this movie is one time that it definitely got within spitting distance of being good. Like, To have anyone of that caliber attached to a movie bodes at least somewhat well. Well, what's,
0: what's interesting is when you watch this movie, and this was part of why I was thinking about like ways to improve it, there's actually a bunch of kernels of a really good story here. And, and maybe we'll talk about this, but some of the problems with this movie are that the ways that they sort of take characters from one place to another are just too extreme. Like Charlize Theron's character, for example, goes from being completely silent to being a god in like nine seconds of screen time. Hancock goes from being, and this was my biggest problem, one of my biggest problems with the movie. Hancock goes from being actually evil. Like, he's not like kind of a hooligan. He's not like kind of disregarding people's, you know, bidness. He's like kind of going too, far. he's evil. He's, he's has utter <laughs> disregard and in fact disdain for the value of human life. And he goes from that. To being like a hero really with no arc. But the idea if written initially like if not just guided and redrafted by somebody of Vince Gilligan's talent. But if actually written by somebody with Vince Gilligan's talent could have been excellent.
1: Well and we'll get into the the places where I think they actually like had some good ideas for how that kind of transition may have taken place. And then they just yeah. like forgot about it or didn't execute it. So
0: yeah, the the version of this movie that's written entirely by Vince
1: Gilligan could have been a really excellent movie. That's the that's the that's the thing about it that's so frustrating is because like, and I picked very specific like scenes or, pieces, like there were very like specific parts of this movie where you're like, oh fuck, like this could have been really good. Yeah. And it's the rare time that I think that I think this movie could have been like a half hour longer and it would have been a credit to it. Hundred percent.
0: It was too brief.
1: Yeah. So I think they were I think in 2008 people didn't quite understand yet that you can make like a two and a half hour superhero movie and no one's gonna blink. And also, yeah. like in 2008, you probably couldn't have done that as easily because that was the same year Iron Man came out. So for context, that's important. Like well can, can I just share I think
0: so What's this is a, this is a really important point. and that was I, I was gonna mention this in sort of my overall thoughts. I think it's really important to contextualize when this movie came out versus now. Because when it came out, I think part of the reason I hated it so much, aside from the actual specific sort of points which we can discuss, was that I had heard how good it was, and so I was massively disappointed because I didn't like it. So that was that was part of it, and so I think accounts for a big part of my feelings then. But what's interesting is in the intervening twelve years, I have gotten really used to the concept that a movie. Of this production value, this much marketing distributed this way, will have a great premise and a great first half yes. and we'll have a disastrous second half. And I'm really, really used to that concept at this point, And I'm pretty charitable towards it. Like Godzilla, I loved because it had a great premise, was stylishly done and had a great first half. I, <laughs> the second half was complete trash, but that's how most movies like this are now. And so I think your point about like what was acceptable, what was the way it was done was very different then.
1: Yeah. So that it's worth it. You're right. It's it's hard to watch this knowing what we know now about this genre. So credit to them in some ways, but I think this movie could have been a half hour longer. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's go to number nine. Number nine. I had, um, they really hammer home this, Eagle imagery, like it's on his hat, and like literally when he wakes up on the bench, there's an eagle behind him, and like it keeps popping up. There's like an eagle, like probably like nine times. Preach! Preach! Um, I forgot that this wasn't a part of the movie. Right. So, like in (laughs) it's like you're like, oh fuck, like what's this gonna be? This is gonna be something. Eagle medallion, cool, cool. Guess what? It doesn't mean anything. And so I looked into it a little bit. Apparently. And this would have been fucking cool. <laughs> um, apparently, the eagle is supposed to be a reference to, like, the, I think it's, I think it's Ra, like, the Egyptian sun god, Ra. Okay. And, like, the, the people, some people think that, like, this movie is supposed to be implying that, like, Will Smith and Charlize's characters occupy different, like, god-like mythologies throughout history. So, like, the mm. myth of the Egyptian sun god, Ra may have been based off of Hancock like however many years ago. And so that may be why he's like which is like whatever. But It's it, actually kinda cool. It, I'm into that. I'm I could have been really into that, but first of all they didn't have time to explain anything of that sort. But it like but they didn't explain it at all. Like it wasn't like a childhood affinity for an eagle or like that was the hat he had when he woke up. Like we don't know anything about it and so it seems weird That it was so present and like literally on the back of his costume. And it falls into a category of like, I like when characters have
0: specific quirks and mannerisms. And I'm sometimes okay with and sometimes in fact, really appreciate when they're not explained. But it depends on how they're set up. And the way it was set up here was as though there was going to be a reveal and there wasn't.
1: Right, like, if it had just been on his hat, it's like, oh, that's just a hat he found. But since they, yeah. like, really, really kept putting it in places, it's And he had the eagle at the end, right? Like... Yeah, like, it's... Yeah, like, with him. It seemed like yeah. it was significant. And then it wasn't, and that's why it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, 100%. Eight,
1: I had, um... So the car chase scene at the very beginning of the movie, where he's chasing those guys in the car... What ethnicity were those guys? <laughs> so I believe... They were speaking Vietnamese, is what the, like, by half-assed internet research t- teaches me. Now, how could you tell, because those subtitles were actually
0: offensively written in <laughs> pidgin English, even though they were supposed to be a translation of another language? Like, we drive car now, like, is not
1: how somebody speaking another language would translate to English. Really, really bad. Like, in addition to Hancock himself being a racist, like, the movie yes. is a racist yes that's
0: the thing is it's yeah. not it's like if you said okay hancock is an asshole we stipulate that at the beginning yeah and part of his assholery is to be racist you're like oh, it's a little uncomfortable but like all right i can follow you now the movie itself was racist
1: it's a tough look for the movie the reason yeah. that i think this had an inkling of awesome in it is because it's literally just a scene from Deadpool, which is fucking awesome. Like, yes, like this scene can be done well, like the hero who doesn't give a shit. And this is really the only time there's a few, very few times when Hancock is actually seen stopping crime. Yeah. And this is one of them. And it it could have been cooler than it was. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I do think I do think that the um, the not giving a shit in saving the day was a really good bit of visual storytelling. I think it it they left those threads dangling and they didn't I mean I, I I know that Jason Bateman mentioned like that sort of offhand conversation about not crashing into stuff when you land and like having a flourish when you come down. Like I, I know that they they did talk about it, but I actually think this was a really good way of establishing who Will Smith's character is. They just didn't they just didn't carry it through well enough to the yeah. rest of the
1: movie. Well yeah it's I mean it's good it's good character building. Like you can tell right away, like this guy doesn't like care about anything or anyone based on how he handles it.
0: But they also went too far again. Like this is the other, like him, you know, knocking into a car a little bit and, and like scratching somebody up is one thing, but like him killing people, like he's killing people. And you and I have talked about suspension of disbelief and we're both, I think good at suspending disbelief to the degree that is appropriate. But, like, in a movie that's going to make consequences a point, you can't just have him clearly killing people and then talk about all the bad stuff he did but then just ignore the fact that he just, like, straight up murdered a bunch of people in the road because he didn't give a crap.
1: Right. So, tough look for our guy Hancock. So I have... I mean, we could do several podcasts on the aspects of Hancock that I didn't like. I picked three here...
0: So these are th- spots where you knew it was bad.
1: Where like I don't know how much how much you could redeem it. Okay. This is just three off the top of my head. There're many more. One was I just like we talked about how you kind of alluded to it briefly. Like the Charlie's thing. It just it it just didn't track it. And, they, and the, problem, the problem I probably had with it is they didn't try. Like she goes from being <laughs> Like, first of all, their relationship is entirely unclear, and they don't explain like why she wouldn't like tell him about or like what he did that was so bad, like that she can't forgive him. Like, we actually still don't know what that is. And then like she goes from wanting it to be a total secret to throwing a semi-truck at him. Like, it's it doesn't make it it doesn't make any sense, and that whole thing kind of made me mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a disappointment because It's a, it's a
1: really interesting idea. It's just so poorly done. You, you mentioned there's like some actually racist stuff in here and there's some actually homophobic stuff in here, which, yeah, I, I mean, it's 2008. This isn't like this was made in two, you know, like the 1970s, like it seems very out of place. Well, it's interesting because I was actually reflecting on this and I don't.
0: I'm certainly nobody's like neutral arbiter of what it what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and I don't want to engage in moral relativism. But the homophobic comments for 2008, unfortunately, are kind of par for the course. Like that was that was pretty widely seen as acceptable in movies like this. Clearly wrong. No question. No place for it. Full stop but it at least in some sense felt in keeping with the way movies acted at this time the racist stuff was just not even even then that that was like weird and egregious i don't know it just it was it was just lazy it was like it was really lazy weird writing and i think there were many other better ways to establish the kind of person Hancock is and and like you know it on this same thing like when he tries to grab that woman's ass as she's walking by oh yeah it's it's like really weird and I again it's it's you know it's 12 years since then and things have changed a lot and homophobic or racist jokes like that don't fly at all and jokes about violating women's personal space like that don't fly at all but even then it was, cl- there were better, cleverer ways to establish the kind of character this was.
1: Well, it's weird because, like, I think the point they want to make is that Hancock doesn't care. And this stuff isn't to that effect. Like, this stuff is, Hancock is a bad person. Like, <laughs> exactly. This isn't like, oh.
0: I I can't think of a good example, but but the, like the bumping into stuff, like like he ruins a, a signpost. That's like oh he that guy doesn't care what a rap scallion, but like he's racist against Asian people. Like what I don't even what is what is that?
1: Very strange. And, and,
0: yeah, and it's it's also I want to actually also just know how it, it also ties in weirdly with a plot point that I was very bothered by, which was this weird Hancock's beating was a racially motivated beating brought on by the fact that he was holding hands with a white woman. I'm bothered by that for a variety of reasons. One, because the movie established its credentials as being kind of itself racist early on. (laughs) And so this felt like a really cheap ploy to sort of like build a history into their relationship. But I think maybe my biggest problem with it is... Well, not, you know I'm thinking more problems as I go. It would make you think that somebody who had been through that and who had lived for literally millennia would have a better sense of perspective than to be such a a, a,
1: a xenophobic ass. In his defense, yeah, he forgets everything. So, like that, yeah. Any,
0: like, I guess, I guess that's fair.
1: Any growth that he's made on the race yeah. side of things just gone. So.
0: I guess that's fair, but I also want to lodge my final logistical problem, which is that this is a couple that happens to be black and white because Charlize and Will Smith were really important actors at the time. (laughs) So it's weird to just like drop this point in at the end, like, oh, look, one's black, one's white, when they theoretically have existed throughout all of human history During which a black man and a white woman being together romantically would have been a problem many other times. Like it's just it just is weird. Like the first time anybody noticed Charlize and Will were white and black was like 19 whatever thirties America? Like the people like medieval peasants in in England weren't like, "Hmm." What is that? Yeah. (laughs) Like what that
1: Moore be doing with that white lady? Like, I don't know it just struck me as really weird and manipulative the thing is i just i, I think they weren't even thinking about it i don't think that it <sighs> occurred to them
0: yeah whatever just a lot of problems with the like the the weird chauvinism of this movie
1: the last thing was uh i get what they were going for like it's it, i think they wanted to make it seem like this is a guy who doesn't have like full control of his powers or like uses them so haphazardly that it doesn't look like smooth and also he's like drunk some of the time but i thought the effects of him like flying and jumping looked kind of bad like you could see how he was like hanging from wires and stuff like as he was like jumping off a building i i just thought it didn't like there were other parts of the movie that looked great but like specifically the flying stuff looked really bad so let me ask you this because i
0: i I'm curious to see if we had the same feeling. So like when he shot the basketball and it did that sort of weird motion, did you think that was a good effect or a bad effect? I thought the basketball actually was cool. It like Okay. Okay. So, so then, then I think we're on the same page. Cause I thought that the effects where they did that sort of, funky yeah. like z- like that was actually really cool i actually really liked that and i remember that as being a trend at the time that i like
1: it actually it, it, like some of the way they shot it it almost looked like recorded like on like a camera yes which was exactly. cool and was actually really cool and fit with the themes of the movie yes i like specifically the, the basketball shot is a perfect example i actually really like that i'm talking more about yeah. like When he jumps off the building, like even at the end, and he's just diving straight down, yeah. His arms and legs aren't like tight to his body; they're like offset a little bit, and it like it it doesn't look. It just looks like he's being suspended by wires, which he is. So it was, I didn't like that, but true. Which is, I, I think that's a good call. It was just jarring because some of the effects were cool. Yeah. All right, back to the list. We forgot to do, we forgot to cue that. Oh, wow. We just skipped the top three. This really
0: is our first podcast. Sorry, Kev.
1: Well, whatever. Sorry, man. Should we, let's just, let's just play it after to put us back into the number seven. Okay. Thank
0: you, Kevin. Kevin. (laughs)
1: thanks oh i don't know i thought that was counting as queuing
0: i don't know we're lost whatever it's all good
1: we're thanks fuck it thanks kevin (laughs) number seven in uh there's when he goes to jail which why would he ever go to jail doesn't make any sense
0: doesn't make any sense but i but i i like what you're going with because i liked the
1: concept and parts of it i liked so let okay let's say for some reason hancock decides to go to jail he goes he has, it's actually kind of a fun superpower. He uses it a couple times. His nails are just super fucking sharp. Like, yeah. he um carves out the glass when he's talking to Jason Bateman. He does, he shaves like that. Like, he does some cool stuff. And yeah. one of the things.
0: I'm glad you confirmed that because I thought he was doing that with the shaving
1: because i was like how is he shaving
0: in prison that he must and i was like i don't see a razor thank you for
1: confirming it was cool and then another cool application of that power is his cell is just like covered in shit that he's drawn and it's actually some of it is annoying because it's at the eagle again which doesn't mean anything but like a lot of it was actually cool and like the idea that he would remember stuff like Uh, like subconsciously and draw it on the walls is a cool idea. And I actually thought some of the shots in that scene where he's like kind of ruminating and like having like these foggy memories were, it was actually really well done. I like that bit.
0: Could have been actually a really cool, like longer sequence. I think not putting it in jail was probably uh, just like logistically a bit of a weird move, but the part where you're talking about where he's sort of having flashbacks thinking about, Uh, his memories just sort of kind of intruding a little bit like that actually was a really cool idea you could have done they probably should have just put this in rehab like they could have basically had their cake and eaten it too by doing all of this sequence but in rehab instead of prison
1: well that brings me to number six like he's like having these weird like aa type meetings which like i it's it's especially tough because they could have left it out like and also they don't address it later. Like there's no like he's a substance abuser and like that is an issue that comes up a lot in comics and tends to get scrubbed out with these big mm-hmm. blockbuster movies. So like if yeah. you're going to do it like you should do it and there, there should be consequences and by the end of the movie he's like a totally functioning non-substance abuser and there's really no there's no path there. Yeah. So it seems weird to me that they would introduce a meeting like that. I thought it was weird.
0: I agree. And I think it's especially tough because that defeats the purpose of that storyline and is nonsensical both narratively and like in terms of real life. Like that is that is not true to the real life experience of people who struggle with substance abuse. That sort of narrative the way it goes that way. But it also it's it's not good writing to have like to present an issue this universal and this problematic and then just fix it without any sort of real intermediate steps. And it's especially bad writing to do that when teasing this really sort of well understood, well regarded narrative ploy, I, I guess is probably too it has negative connotations, but like narrative ploy of the the group, like the group setting where you talk through your problems like just, to plant that seed is, is unfortunate.
1: Well, yeah, it's just unsatisfying because like yeah. they, the way they end it, like pass, 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 like the way that they build like that seed, that that arc ends with him sharing eventually and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the point of it was.
0: Which And, and you wonder if that got cut. It it also makes you think about the Jesse stuff from Breaking Bad because it is Vince Gilligan. It also naturally makes you think of the survivors group that Captain America has uh, in um, Endgame. Endgame? Yeah. You know, it's this actually I'm going to use this as a platform for my biggest improvement for the movie. My biggest improvement for this movie is to remove the villains. That would have, I think, fixed a lot of the movie's problems. I think that you should have had this be more of a journey of self-discovery and have it be focused more on just like he he solves a simple crime. like he he saves like one person's life because I think ultimately what the point of this movie was was getting him to a place where he was acting on behalf of others rather than himself. And it didn't matter that he overcome a villain, and I think it distracted from it. And I think if instead you focused on his battle with his personal demons, Namely, his alcohol abuse. Like, you could have really centered the movie on that.
1: I think I think you're getting to the root of the problem, is that this story is, like, a serious, introspective story that's being shoved into what needed to be, like, a tentpole summer movie. Yep. And, like, it was inflated past its capacity. Or not past, like, it just became too big, and I think that's a really good point, because, like... Charlize is just inserted so that there's another person that in this universe can go toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. And apart like they really, really have to do some gymnastics with the plot. Or they don't even bother with the gymnastics. They just they just make them fight for no reason. And it's like, yeah. without that, this movie probably functions just fine, like you're describing. Yeah, and better. The, it
0: becomes the fighter. You, I mean, the yeah. fighter is an excellent movie. You could just make this the fighter. It's a good movie. And you could and you could do some other stuff to to make it rise above that level, or you could just set up sequels where he does have a more conventional hero's journey. Like that, that's fine. This movie could have been Logan, right? Like, yep, it's a good example. It could have been, and, and guess what? Logan is awesome. It's great, and plenty of people saw it. It made enough money.
1: I think part of it is timing. It did, yeah, part of it is timing. Yes. Like, if this movie came out next year, you can bet it would be something closer to that.
0: it's 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 a big part of it is the dark night effect and and we get that but I do still think where you have such good source material and I'm and source material I'm when I say source material I mean like the nugget of the idea because the the nugget of this whole idea is so good um I think it's worth expecting proper treatment of that great source material so like while I give them a little bit of a pass because of the time I still have to say you, you bought an opportunity to make something great. Absolutely.
1: So next, okay. So this, this comes with a caveat. So I didn't put Will Smith specifically on this list because I think in all of the scenes we're talking about, Will Smith is actually great. Like there are no, there are very few parts in the movie where I'm like not buying Will Smith. And there are a couple of parts where I'm, really into it like um but because his performance was more encompassing i didn't give him a specific spot number five i'm giving to jason bateman because he does exactly what he can with the role and i actually think makes that character fun to watch if nothing else jason bateman's really good (laughs) that's i mean that to me was probably one of the most, aside from just like the fundamental fact that
0: this was a great movie idea that didn't come out right. The the quality of the cast being squandered on this kind of weird plotting was my biggest disappointment. Because Char, I thought Charlize was was fine in the movie. Like, like she was okay. Um, now, to be fair, the character was horribly underwritten. But she, she was like fine-ish. Jason Bateman was excellent and so was Will Smith. And it was disappointing to watch both of them do stuff that didn't make sense jason bateman more so just didn't do enough because his character i thought was pretty consistent and reasonable i just i just needed more from him from the character or from jason bateman the character the yeah. character like I, he didn't have enough to do in this movie like he's the catalyst he's he's the plot device that gets this whole thing rolling but he doesn't ever really have like the big breakthrough with hancock he has like a couple like mr miyagi pep talks with him but they don't he doesn't get enough to do i don't think and and like his reaction to his wife turning out to be this immortal being who i think loves somebody else like kind of unclear like he did well enough with what he was given but it just was it was not enough
1: yeah that specifically at the end of the movie when like there's just no scenario where they would continue to be no. together like it doesn't make that was that was i hated that <laughs> and also
0: I, and this is this is like probably a little bit unfair but i i would have felt maybe a little different if the kid had been theirs uh, now to be fair she was the kid's mother from a young age but like i don't know i feel like them staying together would have felt more logical or more like i I just would have felt like i would have bought it more if, if she
1: had been the kid's biological mom yeah fair enough but for what he could do with the role, kudos to Jason Bateman. Yeah, and and he would have been a really
0: fun, like, uh, yeah, it's funny, he could have been the Nick Fury of, like, the Hancock extended universe, where he's sort of, obviously he wouldn't be their, their strategic guide, but he could be sort of their moral compass. Like, he could be the leader of the Hancock brigade to show them how to be good citizens of the world, where they clearly are
1: lacking some sort of sense of, like. Who to be? He could have been a great guy in the chair. Yeah, he'd have been a really fun guy in the chair. And I should note that these these are not ranked like in order of like number one is not like, um, where it got closest to being good versus number ten. These are by and large chronological. Just okay. Um, so just bear that in mind. Number four, I uh, well. Just one last thought on Bateman too. The I think one of my <laughs> what was frustrating was that like he exemplified the wild tonal shifts in this movie, probably more than any of the other characters because like sometimes it was this weird, like rom-commy, like almost fart jokey, like physical humor movie. And then other times it wanted to be serious and it couldn't decide. And I feel like he got caught in the middle of that a little bit, but
0: I agree. And I think in this movie with that specific critique in mind, Bears all the hallmarks of having been written and rewritten by a bunch of different people, and like taken on by one director. a Couple tweaks were made, and then it was cast to somebody else. Jason Bateman is so talented that he's like I. I would imagine when the studio was like, we need a couple people to anchor this thing. You say, okay, we got Will Smith,
1: the biggest movie star on Earth. Jason Bateman is our everyman. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, number four. I have the bank heist scene. I. I like your idea that, like, this this could have been... Like, his heroic moment probably is he saves one person. Yeah. This should have been the climax. And it should have been, a, like, a lesser action scene, but should have been the climax. Yeah. Or, like, like he maybe doesn't even use his powers or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got this. I Like, I'm a huge fan of a, a bank heist scene done right. We've seen it done all the way well. And I was expectant and uh boy this is terrible because if assuming you're gonna do it the bank heist save the day thing like at least do it well like it it wasn't really a good application of his powers like horrible he just didn't use his powers in a cool way at all like he swoops through a few times and takes out a couple of guys and then he like lops a guy's hand off it doesn't make it's it just wasn't a very fun scene to watch
0: No. So, in my opinion, there's a couple options, right? So, one is you have him use his powers in a really cool way. Okay. That's one option. Didn't do that. One is you demonstrate how overwhelming his powers are by having him just, like, save the day with no effort. Didn't do that. Or three, you make it a situation where his powers don't help as much as you think. Like, the dead man switch idea was a good idea, but then they didn't go far enough. So, like, you either – you do one of those things, like, show how cool it is – Show that, like, really, this is not fair at all. Like, you do the Dr. Manhattan, he just, like, pushes his hand and people blow up. Or you show, like, Batman that, you know, his powers don't do everything. And I think the thing about the Bank Heist that's so appealing is that it's, like, a really simple cinematic hallmark where it's like, oh, Bank Heist. I know know what's supposed to happen here. I know the stakes. This is very classic Hollywood. And it allows you like an easy canvas to get creative and they, I I don't know, like they just didn't.
1: Yeah. I, I, you outlined a couple of (laughs) ways this could have gone and it would have been nice. Um, instead we got, what ended up being pretty flat and it doesn't, and then just pointed out like this guy saves one bank, one bank full of people and now his eight year sentence is over. <laughs> like, I know, I know.
0: And, and, what, and so this is, this is a, just like brings you to the bank heist piece of it. Like that he's focusing on a bank does bring you to this other question, which maybe you're going to address. Cause you're giving me that look. Well, you go ahead. Well, just like the movie can't decide whether it, whether it cares to answer bigger questions about how he uses his power or not. Like it throws it out there and then backs off. And, It just, it just never, it doesn't get to Dr. Manhattan levels, which is fine. I don't mind that, but it introduces them and then just decides it doesn't want to touch them.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I would have really liked like immediately after the bank heist scene, he returns to prison and we see what happens there. Like he's understands that like, this is something that he owes to people, but he's committed to making reparations if that's his thing. And then from there, maybe we say, "Okay, this isn't necessary." And so that kind of brings us to number three. I thought a really effective scene. So we talked about. I don't have um, honorable mentions, so just skip that. I we talked about the like him shooting hoops at, in jail was like actually like a cool visual scene. I thought so. He 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 tries to take a shot. The basketball bounces off the rim and it goes over the fence. So he just jumps over the fence to get the ball back. And like the sirens start going off and the guards start milling around and it's actually really cool. He like looks off and it's the desert and he can kind of see the mountains in the background. It kind of had a breaking bad feel to it. Yep. And then he leans down and it looks like he's going to jump like away and he jumps back into the yard. So like it's kind of the effect of what I was just talking about. Like he willingly decides to commit to this undertaking Yep, And I, I thought this scene actually required very little tinker. I pretty much liked it as it was. I thought it was effective. I totally agree. So can you explain to me whether you think he missed the basket on purpose? I think that he didn't. I think that he, without thinking, went after the ball. And then the way he just kind of like stands there and picks it up, it occurs to him. I could just go like there's really no reason yeah. I can't and makes the okay. decision to go back.
0: I, I think I got caught up. I, so I, I took me a couple seconds to process what was happening in this scene because I got caught up in thinking maybe this was like his I'm losing my powers scene because mm. that's why he missed the basket. Whatever. The point is, I was a little slow on the uptake in realizing this was just the I could run away scene. So it took it longer to hit for me. But once it did, I totally agree. I think this was an excellent scene that. Accomplished. In a in a nonverbal well acted well shot way what a lot of the movie was trying to do
1: yeah credit to will smith because you're right there are no lines here it's all yeah. communicated with his face and then speaking of my probably my favorite will smith scene in this movie is when i think it's is right after the two? bank heist. this is number two yep right after i think it's right after the bank heist scene it's him and jason bateman and charlie's getting dinner and he's they're asking him You know, what do you remember? Blah, 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 blah. And he tells the story of just waking up in a hospital. And the line that is really good is he says, what kind of piece of shit must I have been that nobody claimed me? And, like, the sadness that he is able to get across, like, when telling that story is actually affecting. Like, I found that scene to be really engaging. And I thought it would have been... And uh, they do a nice job panning to charlie's like it, watching and it, knowing that like her knowing kind of looks based on his story um i think i think they could have gone a little further and i think this would have been a, a good time for a flashback but yeah. um but as it's as it was i thought this was one of the most effective scenes in the whole movie it just the problem was it felt like it
0: was in a different movie and and the disappointment is that like you said Probably the most emotionally resonant scene in the whole movie was the one that felt like it fit in the least. It just was like, why is this happening now? I don't understand what's going to happen after, but this is really hitting me. You know what it reminded me of, actually, is the whole uh, Lost Baby plotline in uh, The Last Fantastic Beasts, where (laughs) you're like, man, this hits really hard. I really right. like this. <laughs> How well done, but this doesn't connect to
1: anything. It makes no sense. Agreed. Like that's a really that's a really good comp. Like it's sad, and like the actor is doing a good job of conveying it, but ultimately it doesn't mean anything. And they don't really explain why it is that Charlize didn't. Like, claim why
0: it. is he a piece of shit? That's you. You have to tell us. Like that's the whole point. You can't. It's they always joke on on the rigor, like Chekhov's gun this is like Chekhov's piece of shit like you have to explain what what was he what was the problem with him
1: I I I just think I was imagining like him and Charlize like wearing 1930s garb and like maybe you flash back to the scene not right now you 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 know you kind of tease it and then when he realizes who Charlize they come back to it and it's like it's raining or something and you show the two out. tickets
0: you show the two tickets to to frankenstein with boris karlov like you
1: show the tickets wouldn't it have been cool i just i feel like they they really missed an opportunity there um and and the other thing like i just i now i'm kind of bothered by like the facts
0: of this was he an asshole he got beaten he got beaten up in a racially motivated beating <laughs> like i'm i'm confused about where yeah like, that
1: was- like, what are we talking about here that was Allegis's biggest problem she's like oh i i'm Charlize. you were an asshole i hate you and then and then 10 minutes later she's like you know um <laughs> like every time we were we were always drawn together it's like well which is it like uh, yeah do you hate me or not and if so like why is that it, the whole it doesn't make much sense and,
0: and, okay, now I'm going down the rabbit hole because it's bugging the crap out of me. Now, so the concept is the closer they are, you know, for a longer period of time, the more vulnerable they are to bodily harm. Okay, uh, again, we don't, I don't know how much we need to explore this because the movie doesn't really do this, but like, this was at a time in America where racial violence was not, oh, some guy just gets beaten up and goes to the hospital. This was a time when like, Lynching and racially motivated murders were serious. So, and again, I, I don't think that the movie needed to touch this. They chose to. They chose to touch right. on the concept <laughs> of a black man in America being beaten because he's with a white woman, and she's such a good friend to him that at a time when he is
1: actually mortal, just deserts him. What the fuck? Be, well, it doesn't make. Yeah, like in theory, she left because she needed to in order for him to recover. It's oh boy. I guess I, I you're I guess you're right but but it's not an out because it's it's really not explained at all why upon returning she would decide like actually this is a great time to get out like I yeah it's like F this guy his memory's gone because he just got the crap beaten out of him also how did his memory go like come on whatever so that there's a lot of potential there and in a two-hour movie maybe they had yeah. time to flesh that out yeah. Also probably really good as a as a mini series. Like this this is one yes. that's
0: better as an 8 to 10 episode mini series because you get to do and I don't, I'm not going to spoil. All I'll say is there's an episode of the Watchmen television show you could have made that episode with this. Like you could have made and and once you watch You'll see that a lot of people said that was the best episode of television of 2019, and they're probably right. You could have had your version of this with Hancock, but you didn't.
1: My number one is not, like, my biggest problem with this movie. It just happened to be at the end. (laughs) It's also really fucking dumb. Like, I like the idea that in showing gratitude for Jason Bateman's character, kind of like having some faith in him he would make a gesture to indicate that he's bought into his uh world peace kind of deal but to tattoo the moon like that really really doesn't make much sense it does make a lot of sense and
0: it seems like it could have actually disturbed like delicate ecosystems on earth yeah also like like start with tides end with like I, I don't, again, I know, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, any sort of biologist here, but I gotta think wolves just going to howl at the moon are like, what the hell is that? And it could possibly throw off
1: their rhythms. Also, like, based on the size of it, like, I don't, that's probably the size of, like, Alaska, right? Like, a really large, yeah. huge swath of land that he just, like, completely fucking, it's, what did he do? We don't. What did he even do? Who doesn't matter? The the Paint. Like, did he bring paint? I don't like. What? What could possibly like? What would have been a nice touch is if, like, instead of the eagle on the back of his or on the front of his costume, it's the heart logo or something like. Just some like a nice touch that would have been highly visible. But then, but don't forget
0: that would have been gay, Kyle. (laughs) That would have been
1: that would have been homo. Yeah, big time, big, and that's not cool, Kyle. Yeah, what am I supposed to wear a heart on my chest like a? (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's it's like I don't know. That's such a great point. The heart
1: would have been such a great gesture. Would have been such a
0: nice gesture,
1: and uh, they really way less
0: destructive.
1: Yeah, it would have been, and like, yeah, I what a dumb way to end that movie. I really fucking hated that
0: it? It was a really terrible ending.
1: So I, okay, yeah. D-
0: can we can we use this opportunity now? I want to talk about like. Did, I want to hear. Did Kyle like this movie? Go.
1: No, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I, I think. Okay. I think all the places that we've just talked about where I thought there like it would have been better. It would have been a more enjoyable viewing experience for me. I think had it just been utter crap without any glimmers of hope. Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. then it just is what it is. But this was like tantalizingly close in a couple of places and it really made me sad that it wasn't what it could have been i totally agree
0: and that was i think my shift the first time i watched it i was just disappointed that it wasn't as good as i had heard this time it was that that ache of missed opportunity especially because now we're 12 years beyond the film's release so you know it's not getting a sequel like at least sometimes when you see a movie where you're like ah they just missed you at least have the hope that they could fix it in the future. Alas. Yeah, and, and like our best case scenario is they reshoot this with Michael B. Jordan, like they do a reboot. And as much as I like him, he's not Will Smith. Like, that's the that's the problem, is you're never going to get that cast again.
1: But it's also worth noting that this is Will Smith, like, pretty much, like, at the peak of his movie star powers. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, this was right after I Am Legend, and like, right yeah. before Seven Pounds, like... That's yeah. probably like that three stretch movie, like that that stretch right there is like the biggest his movie career got, probably.
0: Yep. He's the most famous person on earth at this point and like the most consistently excellent movie star.
1: And he's great. He's so good. Yes. In yeah, a not just like, in a not just blockbustery way. Like he's not yeah. great, you know, like he's not great in the way that like uh, I don't know pick like one of the Avengers like like Chris Evans yeah. is really really good at being Captain America Yep. Yeah. Will Smith is like
0: he's uh, more like Tony Stark like he's he's a little yeah. bit more of a Robert Downey where he's like doing an actual really good performance in addition to being like blockbustery enjoyable he's like being a good actor in a you know big time movie
1: it's really hard to do yeah so that was I'll, I enjoyed that part of it but yeah. Um so let's let's summarize. Like our big notes for this movie then are probably get tone down some of the goofier kind of urges you have, like make it less slapsticky. Get rid of the villains. Yeah, why does
0: Eddie Marson have a uh why does he have a weird like accent instead of being British? Why does he have like a weird southern accent?
1: That was really strange. Do less. I, I your suggestion of just getting rid of the villains is brilliant. I love that.
0: That's my move. That's like my biggest fix to this movie.
1: Yeah. That's perfect. Make it like a half hour longer. Really hone in on like some of the the flashback and uh, like backstory stuff in this movie. Be a lot different and probably a lot. And better. you have the great sequel showing them in ancient Egypt.
0: Like, what an awesome sequel! Like, you could legitimately do that. You have Wonder Woman esque possibilities of then exploring like time and space in a way that's really cool.
1: You know what it could have been? It could have been a very. Um, assassin's creed type thing where you just are taking these characters and setting them in different times. 100%. Fuck. Yeah. Like, ah, (laughs) (sighs) well, (laughs) alas, alas. Well, I think I really enjoyed, uh, we kind of did this for national treasure and I will see how people liked being told in advance what the movie was. And if people appreciate having some, some forewarning, but I enjoyed this format, and I think I'd like to do it again. If you if you enjoyed it,
0: I did, and I and I would like to do it again. I think it'll be interesting for us to make decisions going forward if we do this again, on whether to do good movies, bad movies, or movies like this where there's a little bit of both. I think this is I think like National Treasure,
1: this is exactly the sweet spot. I agree. Like it just needs to be on either side of it. It needs to be like a good bad movie or a bad good yeah. movie. Yes. One of the two. And this is like, yeah. if we, we can't, like the
0: Godfather, we're not, we're not expert enough to discuss in ways that will add to the conversation. And then in movies that are just utter shit, that's just not that interesting. Right. So I'm ha- I'm very wow. happy with this. Well, Kyle, great pick. Cause this, this really was your inspiration. So I thank
1: you for a wonderful idea. This <laughs> I, was a great joy. I had the idea for this. Like, two years it would have been like a year or two ago on um saint patrick's day i was really drunk and we were at a <laughs> bar and uh ludicrous's move bitch came on and uh <laughs> did you send me a like
0: a, a video or a funny text that night i remember you being really drunk on a saint patrick's day and sending me like you did right i texted you i was like mike Hello. i'm boo bitches out of the club we have to do a hat <laughs> top 10 and then just like forgot about it <laughs> until i remember this this is all coming back to me <laughs> well we should have more kyle uh drunkenly brainstorming
1: yeah <laughs> i will not hesitate but in the meantime let, we can wrap this one up so i don't even i don't think we really need to recap but now that's fine we
0: yeah, the people heard us. So why don't you uh, leave us with some parting thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll, now is the time where I do thank yous. I'll say thanks to Kevin McLeod for putting together our intro music in the Stanky not Top 3 music. It's, it's Stanky. Anyone who's listening to it knows this. I also, uh, at this Stanklish juncture, usually thank my sister for putting together. <laughs> That's right. I also usually, at this point, thank my sister Erin for putting together our artwork. It's really good stuff. I love our artwork. Erin has done other similar such stylings. If you want to see more of those, go to Sant Design at Instagram. And if you're loving on that Instagram, check out our social media coordinator,
0: Caroline's fine work on our Instagram, which is at top10km, 10 spelled out T-E-N. If you want to check out her personal account, uh, her personal slash professional account, that is cml.photos. If you have other thoughts you would like to discuss with us, ways we stink, ways we don't stink things that we did that disappointed you your thoughts on us a la our thoughts on hancock you can shout us out at our email at top 10 km the 10 is spelled out t-e-n and finally i'm sure you're listening on some sort of listening app but if you're looking for another one we are on apple podcast app stitcher spotify pod being pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so, Kyle, my friend, that is what I would say.
1: I agree. Call me asshole one more time, Mike.
0: <laughs> I don't know why he hates that word so much. That's just, I don't know. Peace.